welcome back to another episode of the Be a Better Ally podcast. On this week, we have educator Danielle Dupuis, who I was able to get in touch with from a Facebook group for LGBTQ plus allies and educators. And Danielle is working on a HOKO Rainbow Conference. I'm going to link to that conference so that you can learn more about it. It is the first of its kind um, at Danielle's school. So join me in finding out more about the story of getting that conference up and running. Hi, my name is Danielle Dupuis. Um, I use the uh, she, her pronouns. I work for Hammond High School in Howard County, Maryland, and I am a high school uh, media specialist and video production teacher for grades 9 through 12. So for about the last uh, year and a half, I've been working on uh, planning and putting together the first of its kind HOCO Rainbow Conference in Howard County. Um, This conference is targeted to uh, high school students, um, staff members, parents, community members of Howard County um, to raise awareness for um, and provide education regarding LGBTQIA plus issues. So this is an inaugural conference. So we've never had one of these before. Um, I noticed that there was a need for more education in the county uh, for LGBTQ people when um, I had students that were commenting about being bullied or that teachers were not using the the proper pronouns for them. Um, So this conference is really to provide education and support and awareness. Um, Currently, we have a keynote speaker, uh, Micah Meyer, who was uh, in the Washington Post last year for completing his three-year journey um, through all national park sites in the United States and territories. Um, He went through each of these park sites and raised awareness um, for LGBTQ people by uh, carrying the rainbow flag and uh, being photographed and kind of being very public and in the news. Uh, he also did so on a shoestring budget. So I think he's going to be very a very inspirational speaker to our students, uh, many of which who have never left Howard County before. Um, so it should be a, a lot of fun. Uh, we also have uh, 20 concurrent session speakers lined up um, to talk about all sorts of uh, things from... Um, you know, loving yourself to uh, LGBTQ um, IA plus history. Um, we have uh, speakers that are going to talk about uh, suicide prevention and suicide awareness in the LGBTQ community. Um, we have uh, transgender speakers who are going to talk about the trans experience and what that's like. So really a, a large variety of program choices. And um What's nice, too, is that whether you're a community member or you're a student or um, you're a student that identifies as LGBTQ or you're an ally, there's going to be something here for you. So uh, we will try to provide a little bit of variety for everyone. Um, we're also going to have a uh, exhibition hall. And in our exhibition hall, we're going to have um, different local organizations, some of which have helped sponsor us um, in the conference. Uh, where students will be able to uh, get some more information. They'll have lots of resources available. Um, So this should be a very uh, fun, educational, and positive experience for all participants. We also hope to uh, fill our high school auditorium, which holds about 750 people. We are asking that participants register for the conference ahead of time. Uh, They're going to select their concurrent sessions 
um, online um, so that way when they arrive, they're going to have a confirmed schedule. Uh, they'll know uh, what to do, where to go, um, have maps of the school and what have you. So um, we're really looking forward to this. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great time. It sounds really exciting. And I am guessing that some of our listeners are sitting there and thinking, I would love to do this as well. So for someone who is setting out to do something similar for the first time, what advice would you have for them? Um, so as I mentioned, this is our very first conference. So our first time doing this, there's been a lot of uh, work on the back end of planning things and organizing uh, everything and what have you. Um, my advice to other schools that would like to try doing something similar um, is to budget quite a lot of time in the planning and preparation process and to start early. Um, the earlier, the better. Um, I know I started contacting um, concurrent session speakers, like I said, over a year ago, and um, they were very appreciative for the fact that I was contacting them so early and kind of being prepared um, so that way they could put it on their schedule and, you know, put it at the top of their priority list, um, you know, that, that far ahead. Um, I would also suggest um, checking with your county to see what kind of supports or your school to see what kind of supports they can provide for you. Um, this conference is taking quite a lot of funding uh, because we're also providing buses to each of our high schools to bring students here to our school for the conference. Um, so you're going to need bus funding if you choose to do it that way. Um, so we'll see how things go this year and maybe we'll handle things differently in the future. At this point, the plan is to offer this conference every two years. Um, so that way students in high school would have the opportunity to go twice during their high school careers. Um, and also give us plenty of time to, like I said, plan um, and locate speakers and funds for the conference. Um, also keep an eye out for grants. So much of our uh, funding for the conference has come from grant money. We've received uh, $10,500 in grants. Um, and then the rest is coming from community support. And that takes, a, that takes a lot of effort there and contacting local organizations, finding out which are LGBTQ friendly, um, that are willing to donate, um, kind of putting that out there. Uh, we actually have in Maryland a um, LGBT uh, Chamber of Commerce. Uh, so I contacted all the businesses uh, listed there and um, that's where I received most of the support um, from community. We also received a lot of support from our local um, Howard County PFLAG, too. So that's been super helpful. Um, make sure you have somebody um, in charge that's organized of your conference that kind of is kind of oversight for everything. Um, I do know that teachers are typically running on empty uh, because they're so overwhelmed and busy um, with just the, the regular run-of-the-mill stuff that is expected of them every day. Um, so me being a media specialist has put me in a unique position that um, I have uh, more flexible time to be able to focus on this. So if I need to make a phone call or schedule a, you know, a telephone conference, I'm not always teaching all the time. So I'm able to have that flexibility in handling um, a lot more of kind of like the back-end stuff. I would also advise being very upfront and uh, visible with what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Um, I know that there was a lot of questions at the beginning um, when we were beginning to plan this, like was this gonna be a county-sponsored event? Was it gonna be a school-sponsored event? Um, so ultimately we went with a, a school-sponsored 
um, field trip event. Um, but I'm hoping that, you know, once this is successful and we're being able to prove that there's a need that we will, um, be able to, you know, have this be more of a county supported thing, um, in the future. I, I would also suggest, um, getting as many people on board as you can, um, kind of start spreading the word by word of mouth, um, get started early on your social media, be very selective about what you're posting in the social media, but it, it was nice to be able to have a couple of, um, I, I believe I started with getting the grant funding for our speaker and being able to have our speaker, Micah Meyer, to be able to start advertising that. Um, and that was kind of a draw for people that they wanted to be involved um, in the conference, knowing that not only are we promoting LGBTQ uh, issues, but also um, that, you know, that we had, we had buy-in, we, we already had some support. Um, so it was even easier to then line those people up to um, present they wanted to be part of this uh, this conference. Thank you so much. That's great guidance. I know that sometimes when we set out to do work like this, we receive pushback and um, sometimes, unfortunately, a response goes a little bit like this. Oh, it's 2020. Do we really still need to be focusing on LGBTQ plus inclusion or issues? Um, haven't we had enough of this advocacy work? doesn't the younger generation already understand some of these issues? So I'm wondering, um, again, for the skeptic who says something like that, what might be your response? Um, I think that there's still a lot of prejudice out there. I think there's still a lot of um, misinformation. I think there's a lack of understanding and a lack of support. Um, I know as a person, um, you know, in a relationship with another woman, you know, I've seen the changes that have happened over the last 15 years that we've been together. Um, I think that a lot of times people, they don't really realize or appreciate, um, you know, just general things such as um, health insurance and being able to be on the same health insurance as your spouse or being able to be legally married or, you know, when you have your children, they're automatically yours because they were born into a you know, heterosexual, um, relationship. Um, you know, so it was just, it was difficult for us. Um, you know, me having to give up rights to my own child that I gave birth to, to then only have to turn around to adopt her. Um, it's just a very confusing, uh, subject matter. And I feel like now more than ever, um, you know, where we're kind of backtracking on many of the rights that, we have been, um, you know, that have been in place are now kind of, um, kind of hanging, uh, again, uh, and we're at risk of losing them. Um, so I think it's, it's really important that we continue to educate people, um, that, you know, that love is love. I also find it concerning that, um, you know, people that, say, you know, that they may be in positions of, uh, to be able to make changes and say that they're, um, in support of equity and yet they don't understand some of the basic, um, how should I put it? Uh, basic information about, uh, LGBTQ issues such as, you know, why it is important to be able to have a bathroom, um, be accessible for, you know, any gender, 
that yes, that is a need that, you know, we don't have separate bathrooms that are specifically for males or females because there are some people that don't identify as either. Um, so it's, it's, uh, I think it's a process. I, I think it's a process that, um, you know, that people are becoming more aware of and that at some point we are going to get there. But I mean, if you just look at civil rights and, um, you know, African-Americans and, I think even if you look at um, kind of like the rights of African-Americans in the United States, I mean, look how hard we're still fighting to make sure that we are, you know, being equal and equitable. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Um, and, and that happened long before, um, you know, LGBTQ issues. So I think we're going to have a long road ahead of us. It's not going to happen overnight. But I think the more we begin to stand up speak out, raise our voice and say, hey, you know what, we're here. We're not in the closet anymore. And, you know, we're not afraid to be um, out and about. Um, I think that's going to be important. Um, Just to be as an example, um, you know, I had a a friend that was very conservative and, you know, would post things on social media, um, basically putting down, you know, LGBTQ people. And, um, sent me a personal note saying like, oh, well, you know, I, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, while I said those things, I didn't mean that directed toward you, like you're different, you're okay. And it's like, well, no, that's not okay. What does that mean exactly? Um, you know, why do you, you, you know, you get, you got to know me as a person and, you know, if you're okay with me as a person, but you're not okay with who I am, um, I don't know. It just doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. Um, and I think we need to, to raise awareness because we need to put that, um, that hate and that bigotry, we need to put that away. Um, it, it just, it needs to end. It's time for that to go. I couldn't agree with you more. It absolutely is time. So I'm wondering what is it um, that you are working on currently that you are really looking forward to in 2020? Um, what am I most excited about? Well, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, seeing what's going to happen with this conference. I'm excited about meeting um, new members of the community that are going to come out and support this conference and be part of it and kind of see what kind of uh, talk it generates. I'm hoping that it will generate not only talk, but also change. Um, I would love to be able to see some changes in our curriculum and the way we educate Um, teachers to educate students about LGBTQ uh, issues, both past and present, Um, and also looking toward the future as well. Um, I'm also really excited about, uh, we're putting together, in addition to this conference, we're simultaneously putting together a, uh, it's called the Rainbow Vision Literary Magazine, and we've um, solicited We've asked for members from around the county to provide um, literary works, so um, poetry um, and short stories and essays having to do with LGBTQ um, topics and interests. Um, We've also asked them to submit artwork as well. So we're going to publish those, um, and this is from high school students from around the county. 
So we are going to be publishing those in a literary magazine that will be distributed at the conference. And also included in this literary magazine um, will be uh, resources from the conference. So, you know, all of our presenters, if they have um, suggestions or places that students and uh, parents and educators can go to uh, for more information, that will all be published uh, in our literary magazine. Um, and we were able to were able to publish this literary magazine through a uh, grant a generous grant that we received from uh, Teaching Tolerance. Um, so I'm really excited about that. Um, and we would love to be able to see that be uh, something that's ongoing. Um, so while we'll publish our very first issue this year, I'm hoping that even though we don't have plans for Rainbow Conference next year, because if we do this every two years, maybe we'll be able to um, publish a uh, Rainbow Vision uh, literary magazine every year. So We'll see how this year goes, and uh, hopefully that is something fun uh, that will be coming down the pike. I really love the idea of the Rainbow Magazine, and um, I am guessing listeners would also love to stay in touch and just follow you on your journey, see what comes out of the conference. For those who would like to continue to connect with you, where might you point us? If uh, listeners would like to give us a follow, um, we are on social media on um, Twitter and Instagram at, at HCPSS underscore pride and also on Facebook at HCPSS pride. Um, so if you give us a follow, we'll, we've been um, posting uh, updates, all of our information about our speakers. There's a link to our website on there. And then once the conference is over, um, if presenters have information to share, we'll be uh, posting all of that information as well at the conclusion of our conference, which is going to be held on May 15th, um, so just a few months away. Um, so thank you so much for inviting me, and um, and hopefully I'll have uh, more information to share after the conclusion of our Rainbow Conference. Thank you so much for giving up your time. Best of luck with the event. And listeners, if you want to learn more about the Hoko Rainbow Conference, we have included the links. We've also included um, the social media profile in our show notes. So head over there and give a follow. Take care.